Well, good morning, everybody. We're so excited that you're here, and uh, we've been preparing a very special presentation for you um, for a long time. Uh, we were going to present a large portion of this back in February, and uh, pastor, through prayer, um, didn't have peace about it, and so we said, let's wait. So uh, here it is. This is the time to do it, and um, so for the next uh, while, <laughs> we're going to be uh, watching this video, and um, our team worked really hard on this. We're really proud of it, and I'm really proud of our team, and um, excited about what God's going to do in our church. Uh, we have big things to do, places to go, and uh, people to minister to. Amen. And uh, we're going to do it together, aren't we? Amen. And then after that, we're going to have Pastor Bernie come up. He's um, an awesome man of God, and just uh, God's really gifted him in, in a lot of amazing things. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what he has to say today, and I know we're all going to be blessed because of it. So without any further ado, let's present this video today. Resurrection Life Church in Michigan was founded in 1991 with a mission to help people live the life they were born to live. For nearly 30 years, we have been teaching, equipping, and inspiring believers to follow Christ and His callings. Our primary mission to make disciples hasn't changed. Over the years, people grew in faith and God blessed them. The church grew and the families began to attend, and this brought the need for children and youth facilities, like classrooms and eating areas and so much more. After several additions were made to the original Moose Lodge building, it became evident that some modifications needed to be made to make the facility easier to navigate and provide better security for the children. Pastor Rick Lopez had a vision to make our facility more guest friendly. It also meant that we would have nicer bathrooms than Home Depot. This was the beginning of our most recent building program called Phase 5 that was kicked off in 2014. If you're new to Res Life Church since 2015 and you missed some exciting happenings, let me tell you about them. In 2013, we began to look into the potential of relocating our bathrooms to the front of the church. One thing led to another and the plan grew into a full-blown renovation of the building to provide not only new bathrooms, but a centrally located children's department, a secure office suite, and a guest-friendly environment. During the Phase 5 Capital Campaign, Pastor said this, Although the vision is leading us to renovate our facility, it's not just about new bathrooms, a centrally located children's department, a secured office suite, a future worship center, or even an extended campus. It's always about others. It's about people. It's about becoming a guest-friendly church. This is a vision to see more people come to know and experience Jesus Christ and to have Him so famous in their hearts that they in turn go and transform the world. It's been said that dream a dream that is so big that if God isn't in it, it'll surely fail. Resurrection Life, let's dream big dreams together. God's favor is upon our church, and it's time for greater things. Well, nothing good comes without cost, and we started financial planning for the Phase 5 Capital Campaign. Before we talk about that, let me tell you some exciting things that happened during the initial planning process. As pastor and the team were planning, God started confirming the vision by sending people to begin to pay for it. About the time we first started talking to the architect, an unexpected gift came in of $50,000. Then shortly after that, when we got the plans for the building, a single gift of $250,000 was sewed towards the renovation project. Pastor often said, I'm gonna have to write a book about this when the project is complete. God was really showing up big people stepping forward by the instruction of the Holy Spirit to give into the renovation project was another confirmation that this was God's plan for Resurrection Life Church. Then something very special happened, a different kind of gift which made the whole process and project possible. We had already begun the first part of the renovations by relocating our bathrooms. The initial money that had been received for the renovation had already been dispersed and we began to look into financing for the remainder of the project. Let's listen to Pastor Rick as he tells the story behind The Gift Goes On. During the onset of the Phase 5 building program, we began a financial strategy, and we had a lot of strategy meetings about that, you know, asking the question, how are we going to raise the money to do the things that we were certain God was calling us to do? 
that, that was the elephant in the room, you know, big dollar amount. And we knew that we had the calling, we knew that we had the divine inspiration to update our facilities and to do everything so that our ministries could grow. We just didn't quite know how we we're gonna make it all happen. During that time frame, a, a gentleman who we're gonna call and have called all along the benefactor, he approached me saying that God had told him a number of years earlier that he was supposed to build a church. You know, at the time he didn't know what that was gonna look like, but he had a heavenly assignment on his life and because of that heavenly assignment, he suggested underwriting the project, you ready, up to a million dollars with no interest charges and no fees. And he told me, he said, Pastor, the church can just pay me, can just pay me back as the people are blessed to give. Obviously, I was astounded by the offer, but you know what? I chose to reject it. And you might say, well, what in the world were you thinking? Why'd you reject it? Well, I, I can understand why you might think that, but I knew in my heart of hearts that God had more than one person assigned to help us accomplish this vision. I knew that God wanted to use so many other good people uh, like yourself. I knew in my heart that God had harvest waiting for a whole lot of seed yet to be planted by a whole lot of different people. So yeah, I, I said no, not at this time. But I also followed it up with, let's not take it completely off the table. So the brother and I walked away in agreement. After a few more strategy meetings, financial meetings, we landed on the phase five capital campaign program to raise the money for the renovation. We presented the vision to the congregation and you responded with pledges totaling $268,000. Praise God, what, what an awesome response. I'm so proud of all of you. And at, the, at a certain point in the project, I met with the benefactor to talk to him about his proposal. And he subsequently made the funds available as we needed them to pay our contracts with the construction company. The beautiful thing is it was this man's obedience to the call of God and, and his great gift of generosity that enabled us to continue the project all the way to fulfillment. And as I stated earlier, we've lovingly referred to this man as the benefactor. God sent us a man who was not only willing to loan us the money for the bulk of the project, but he was willing to loan us nearly a million dollars interest-free and without any set monthly minimum payment. The full amount we borrowed from the benefactor was $932,000 to be repaid as the people of Resurrection Life Church are blessed to give. Before I share about the money, let me tell you about what this has meant for our church. First of all, the building project could not have happened without the benefactor's gift. Based on the economy and giving trends over the years following the building project, if we had had to take on an interest-bearing loan from the creditor, it would have financially crippled our church or possibly sent us into bankruptcy. Not only did we not have to shoulder the financial weight of repaying an interest-bearing loan, but we were free to continue ministering to people all over mid-Michigan. Res Life is not here on accident. God planted this church nearly 30 years ago as a place for people to be saved, disciples to be trained, and families to grow in God. Through our church's rich history, there has never been a time when we compromise on the preaching of the truth in the Word of God. Now, many years later into our journey, we are working hard to follow God and His will. One thing that we are most excited about is seeing the children grow with God. And one of the other things that we really enjoy is the message. Even our teachers get something out of it. It's giving the kids the foundation that they need to be the people that they need to grow up to be in Christ and just building them and seeing that and learning through them. Being part of uh, the youth ministry here is, is super exciting. Uh, it's great to see teens come in every, every week and uh, just be ministered to and open up. Uh, have great fun with them and you know the building as it's laid out now is is so perfect for uh, for youth we have open areas to do games and uh, great great spots to do um, worship and the services watching students grow in relationships with us and in relationships with other students and other leaders is just it's very fulfilling and to watch them grow closer to Jesus is 
is really exciting. So the most exciting thing about being life group directors is we get to see relationships grow. Um, it's interesting to see when life groups first start, uh, how relationships blossom, but then as the season goes on, how people just start living life together. One of the coolest things about being a worship leader here at Resurrection Life is the band. Um, you know, we are here to lead our brothers and sisters into worship, but one of the greatest things is when the presence of God comes down on stage, just to look across the stage and see, you know, your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, you know, I used to grow up and I wanted to be a solo actor and, you know, like a singer, you know, but now being part of a band has been one of the greatest things, you know, that I've ever been a part of. The exciting thing about women's ministry here at Resurrection Life Church is really the fact that we have an opportunity to connect, to get together, to, to build relationships, to have authentic friends, to do fun things together. Um, it's, a, it's just a great time to be able to spend time with people that you can call friends. What excites me about men's ministry and the forge is seeing uh, guys be real. I mean, getting together and fellowshipping and, and developing relationships. And then and in the moment when a guy can open up and, and, and be real in front of other guys, that's rewarding for me. I, I'd like to see that. Over the last five years since the Phase 5 building project started, we have not just met our ministry goals of children, youth, and Believer School Ministries, but we've explored new avenues for Christian growth like Life Group Ministry. Life Group Ministry has become the hub for connectivity in the church, offering groups and special interest groups for the further development and sustainability of believers attending Resurrection Life Church. We have also reached out into our community with exciting ministry events for the whole family. We asked our department leaders what it's been like to lead ministry during a capital campaign, and here's what they said. It hasn't, it hasn't hindered us at all. We're able to get the supplies we need. We are able to um, get our teachers anything that they need. We also are able to um, just provide for the kids some fun activities and some extra little things we've done in the summer's past. We're also able to go on a trip this year to a conference for our, our children's ministry, which is huge. I haven't noticed any lack in anything that we've needed um, in any of the time that we've been leading. Um, it has been like we, there hasn't even been a building project. We have had um, very generous congregation and had everything we needed. You feel such a sense of freedom in the fact that we know that uh, if we need extra money to uh, send a student to Invasion Youth Conference or um, if we need to put up a new backdrop, for instance, uh, we, we feel that we know that we have the support um, from the congregation and from pastor. Really, there's no, uh, no burden, no financial burden on us. The facilities here are just beautiful. Um, we started coming here after it was already completed, and so we don't really know anything different, but as far as life groups, it's everything that we need. Matter of fact, we have to encourage people to do it at their homes because it's we have everything here that people feel comfortable in a home situation and so it's really neat to have to have something like this this is a very warm and welcoming facility as Lynette said and it's it's exciting to see what's going on here and I I'm looking forward to the future of what this holds uh, there's going to be a lot more taking place than what we even see right now and we're thankful for that so for the last five years or so, during you know, this capital campaign here at our church, the prison worship team has continued to grow. We've taken no hit. You know, the people on our team gave some amazing gifts and, you know, and that just echoes what the people throughout the, you know, the con congregation has given to. But I've sensed that our team has gotten stronger every single year throughout this campaign. And I truly believe that's the glory of God and his promise to us throughout this capital campaign season. There's been a freedom to be able to do ministry the way God leads us to do ministry. 
to, even, even in the middle of a building project, to be able to provide a scholarship, to do a conference, to purchase books for women um, that might not be able to purchase them, to be able to do that in the middle of a building project is just phenomenal. I believe the uh, Forged Ministry in the past, I think, year we've been doing it probably uh, has been really exciting from my perspective as far as with the new facility we have. Uh, being able to have come into the room that we're using and have the tables and have uh, room for the food, uh, for the men to be able to circle around and pray, uh, not have to uh, get pinched down in a little room and sit in little chairs, you know, like we're in children's church room or something. Uh, it's, I think it's more opportunity to be able to have other men come in and see the facility and see what we're doing here and be excited about it. Men's ministry has been part of Res Life for a long time, but it's definitely grown in the last year. Um, it's been really, it's been really nice um, to have the new facility, the the space, and uh, and be able to to host events like Kill It Grill It, yeah. and and not be bogged down because we you know we, we go to do the event and the money's there. Wow, what an amazing journey we've been on! It's so exciting that God made a way for us to continue doing ministry with excellence and financial freedom here in the middle of a building project. Let's take a minute and look at the numbers. In 2014, we signed contracts with Lakewood Construction for the full renovation amount of $1,250,000, not including architectural fees, legal fees, or furnishings, which brought the total cost of the project to $1,334,000. Within a few months, we had $300,000 coming in cash, and by the time we launched the Phase 5 capital campaign, we had nearly $400,000 in cash given to the project. At that point, Pastor Lopez agreed to accept the loan from the benefactor of $932,000 to cover the remainder of what we would pay Lakewood to complete the renovation. At the start of the Phase 5 capital campaign, the church family pledged $268,000 to be paid over three years. We also had a $10 per family offering every Sunday with the goal of bringing in an additional $1,000 per week. Now at the end of four years, we've raised $330,000 in our capital campaign bringing the total cash received to $730,957. That leaves the remaining balance of $603,000 left to repay the loan from the benefactor. Yes, this was an expensive project, and yes, $603,000 is a lot of money. But the amazing thing is that we already raised over $730,000 in cash in five years, 54% through the total renovation cost and 35% done repaying the benefactor's loan back. Let's take a moment and look at what the benefactor gave the church. He loaned the money to the church interest-free with no monthly minimum. That's a miracle. The loan from the benefactor was $932,000. If we had borrowed the money from a creditor, it would have been a minimum of a 15-year loan based on the monthly payment size alone. A 15-year loan at 5% interest would require a minimum payment of $7,370 per month. That's more than our weekly budget. By mid-2019, we would have already paid $170,521 in interest. The total interest of $394,635 to be paid over 15 years. This is where the miracle really comes into play. The monthly $7,370 minimum payment alone would have crushed our budget. So far, we've repaid $330,000 on the principal of the loan, bringing the principal down to $603,000. But if this had been an interest-bearing loan, we would have paid almost all of our proceeds to the bank. What does this say about this man, the benefactor? He entered into this arrangement knowing full well that he wouldn't make a dime of interest on the money during the repayment time. He also wouldn't have the money available to use for his own business or family. Based on today's market, if he would have invested this $932,000 elsewhere, he could have made well over a million dollars in interest. If you add all this up, you can conservatively say that on top of the loan to the church, the benefactor has given up nearly $500,000 in lost revenue by investing in the church project. Just looking at the numbers from a business standpoint, this is an enormous gift to us. You may ask, why? Why did this man do this for Resurrection Life Church? I asked him about this in a private interview, and here's what he said. I have been on a 40-year journey with God. He has been testing me. Loaning the money to the church was one more step in that journey. If I was obedient to loan this money to the church, then God would trust me with even bigger things. I asked him, 
What bigger things is he hoping God would trust him with? He replied, barns. Barns feed nations, he said, referring to Joseph in Egypt during the time of famine. He said, as he learned to obey, God blessed him. God would test him to see if he would obey, sometimes with money, sometimes with actions, but it always took faith, humility, and obedience. You don't get barns overnight. It takes passing tests. He went from having very little to having just enough. Then he passed tests, God blessed him, and he began to have more than enough. This meant he could help others in need or loan $932,000 to the church. The benefactor is believing the next step in God's blessing on his life is a blessing so big it will feed nations. The benefactor has been a godsend, supernatural supply and protection from the Lord. Because of his gift, the ministry of the gospel here at Resurrection Life Church has gone on. Now it's our turn to be a blessing, to return what was loaned so freely and selflessly. The Gift Goes On program is more than just repaying a debt. It's a celebration of the gift we've been given, the miracle provision God made for us so we could have his best and have church with excellence along the way. Now it's time for us to refocus our attention and raise the remaining $603,000. How can we do that? Let me tell you about The Gift Goes On. The vision behind the Gift Goes On program was birthed in prayer by Brian and Brenda Aker after they met with Pastor Rick and Diane in early 2018. Well, the first thing we did is we had a meeting with Pastor Rick and Miss Diane. And that was when we found out about the benefactor for the Phase 5 um, program. And we never knew nothing about the Phase 5 program, or the benefactor, I mean. So we got to thinking about it, and as they, we were all talking, and then we just decided when we, after the meeting that we were, we were on our way to uh, Myers to go grocery shopping, and we were praying about it, and uh, a way to increase our giving back to the benefactor because of all the benefits of, to the church that this guy or this benefactor gave to us. Not just monetary, but it helped us with the ministries to go on. Children's ministry, the regular ministry, um, life groups, stuff like that, to help grow the church. And so as we were on our way to uh, Myers and we were sitting there praying and talking and Brenda all of a sudden had this idea that the Holy Spirit gave to her. I was really just thinking of um, the gift and it was such a generous selfless gift and it just really was amazing to us as we talked about it what that meant and so we were thinking that um, whatever that we did should include the gift in it um, and then I remembered a song from a long time ago um, <clears throat> that what was entitled The Gift Goes On and um, that was just a catchy little song but as I began to think about it I, I just pictured um, people holding a little box and um, that song The Gift Goes On it just um, in the chorus it is the gift goes on and on and on um, the gift goes on there and I just had pictured this box being passed from one person to another to another and um, inside that gift was Jesus and that's what I thought about this is that you know it's really all about Jesus it's um, because he's the ultimate gift and so um, having the, this gift to us allowed us to not be burdened down with a mortgage or anything like that. We were able to really um, be able to just continue sharing Jesus with everyone in the community. We were able to be authentic and real with people and to still continue all of our ministries without any burden whatsoever or worry about um, um mortgage or a repayment um, of that money and um, so 
as I thought about that, I thought, you know, that just seems to fit because it's way more about um, Jesus than it is a monetary gift. There's so many, um, there's so much more to it than that. It, our resources are free to share um, ministry and to do things. And as we talked about it, Brian was, whoa, wait, wait, what, what? Let's let's talk about this more. And he had several questions that we talked about and um, shared about. And then he said, I need to call Pastor Rick. And um, so that is um, kind of the story behind The Gift Goes On and how that I, how the name came about is just because it allows us to share the gift of Jesus because there's so many people in our community that desperately need to unwrap that gift of love and of hope from Jesus. This program is all about faith, faith for the journey. We aren't asking for donations or pledges. We are believing for miracles. We know that God wants to use you and me to do miraculous things. We have seen so many miracles during the last five years and God isn't done yet. During the process of creating the Gift Goes On program, we have prayerfully looked for opportunities to give everyone a way to use their faith and give. Inside the Gift Goes On presentation folder is a brochure, giving information cards, an FAQ, and some forms. The brochure briefly explains the Gift Goes On program and has a perforated faith promise card on the back. There are several ways to give. You can find this information on the Giving Opportunities information card in your folder, or on our website, or on the brand new Res Life Church mobile app. The first giving opportunity I'd like to point out is Gratitude Partner. A gratitude partner is someone who gives either a one-time gift or reoccurring gifts toward the Gift Goes On program. To give as a gratitude partner, simply fill out the Gift Goes On envelope and check the appropriate box. Drop the envelope in the next offering or in the Gift Goes On kiosk. Or for convenience, you can give online or on the new mobile app. The next and most exciting way to give is called Faith Promise. A faith promise is a gift that one believes in by faith above and beyond their normal finances. Pastor Lopez wants to put his faith with you to agree that the money you are believing to give will come in. This is where the Faith Promise card comes in. When you fill out this card, do it in prayer. Ask God what dollar amount to believe in. If you want Pastor to pray and believe by faith with you for a specific amount, write it on the card. Place it in the envelope included in your folder and drop it in the Gift Goes On kiosk. Here's a little wisdom. Start with an amount that you don't have, but that you can believe for in a short period of time. Once it comes in, bring it into the church, praise God for it, and then fill out another Faith Promise card. Repeat these steps, but each time believing in a little more. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. By your faith, the faith of your pastor, and the agreement in the name of Jesus, we know that miracles will take place. Your faith promise will remain confidential between you and pastor. We won't track your giving other than to give the church updates on our repayment progress as a whole. As you prepare for your faith promise, I want you to know that this is all about faith. It's not a pledge like a pledge campaign. It's all about faith. What are you believing for? And what greater thing than to give me the opportunity to stand with you in faith, to pray over whatever faith promise that you feel the Lord has asked you to give. I want to stand with you in this. We're not going to be tracking it like it's some bill or sending people to talk to you about it, but I'm going to believe with you and I'm going to stand with you and we're going to trust God to bring this out and bring it forward for you. I call you blessed. The next way to give is asset giving. A qualified charitable distribution is an easy and convenient way to make a gift using your assets. If you're 70 and a half or older, you can give directly through your traditional or Roth IRA to the church. If you have not taken your required minimum distribution for the year, a qualified charitable distribution can satisfy all or part of that requirement. Please contact the church office for information on how to give from your IRA. You can also give by stocks, bonds, or other appreciated securities. This is often necessary to avoid paying capital gains taxes. This can be done through your broker or by contacting the church office for more information. Real estate is another way of asset giving. When giving real estate that has appreciated, you can generally deduct the fair market value and avoid paying capital gains taxes. For more information, contact the church office. The next way to give, and probably one of my favorites, is the tribute tree. 
place where we can honor and memorialize family, friends, and loved ones. With a gift of $250 or more, you can have the name of someone you would like to memorialize or honor laser etched onto a genuine leather plaque and permanently fastened to the frame of the tribute tree. Simply fill out the tribute memorial form found in your folder or on our website along with your gift of $250 or more towards the Gift Goes On program. Your memorial or honor appreciation plaque will be added to the tribute tree. We know this will be a meaningful tribute that will last for many years to come and help meet the goal of repaying the benefactor. Another very thoughtful way to give towards The Gift Goes On is through legacy giving. Any person, regardless of age, can make a lasting gift of gratitude through their estate. To learn more about legacy giving, please read the provided information in The Gift Goes On folder, mobile app, or online. Please take time to read through all the information in The Gift Goes On folder or on our website, like the FAQ, or additional ways to support. Now available on our website is everything you need to know about the Gift Goes On program. You can find the full story of the Gift Goes On as recalled by Pastor Lopez, detailed information about giving opportunities, faith promise and tribute memorial giving forms, and an online giving form. Giving online is one of the most convenient ways to give. You can give by credit card, debit card, or by checking account. You can also set up reoccurring giving to be designated in the fund of your choice. Available today is the brand new ResLife mobile app. It can be downloaded for free on both the Apple App Store and the Android Google Play Store. You can easily find the app on your phone's browser at app.reslifeforyou.com. There are so many exciting features in the app, including our live stream, on-demand video from past messages, a podcast, an events calendar, group ministry information and signups, and yes, there's even a place to learn about the gift goes on. You can also choose Give Now on the app. You can give right from your smartphone. This may seem like a lot of information, and rightly so. It is a lot, but we wanted everyone to have a chance to give by faith and see God move through miracles and unexpected blessings. As a church, we have greater things to do, and it will only happen through the willingness and obedience of believers. I can't express enough the peace I have that God is going to provide, but we have to ask and we have to activate our faith. Together, we can do this. Together, we will repay the benefactor and see the gift go on. Well, I don't have a whole lot else to say. Pastor, he had slated me to come in. I'm like, I'm not sure what else I'm going to say after I said all that stuff. But um, praise God. Uh, thanks, Pastor, for uh, giving me the opportunity to, to present that and to um, put the team together. And it was a lot of fun. And um, I'm praying that uh, people get their hearts connected to the vision. Amen? Amen. Well, um, we're going to have Pastor Bernie come up and uh, share what's on his heart today. He's, he was slated to come in, and we we decided to present on the same day he was here, and we said, what better day than to have this awesome man of God who has so many wonderful gifts. We're here. You know, um, it's been almost 30 years. There we go. Am I on now? It's been almost 30 years since I came for the first time to this church, to this facility, back when it was the Elks Lodge. No construction, no construction, Moose Lodge, whatever it was. Some large animal with horns. With men with funny hats. I don't know what it was. Um, I came in January, I think it was the 3rd, uh, 1991. I came and did children's ministry. And at that time, I did children's ministry. I don't know where it is. I think it's that way. I'm not sure where it is after all the construction. But I did uh, children's ministry from January through April that year. And when I did... From where I stood doing children's ministry, there was three keggers with, with uh, taps sticking out of the, sticking out of the um, cooler. There was, there was like, a, I don't know what the brands were of beer, but there was three taps sitting there. So we had to cover those up because I thought that's probably not a good idea to have beer taps behind where I was preaching. But uh, so, yeah, it was, it's, been a, it's been a journey. So I've been with you guys for a long time. Thank you, Steve. And uh, been with you guys for a lot, a lot of years. Um, if you don't, if some of you may not know who I am, who is this cat who comes in here and, and talks? Who is Pastor Bernie? 
Well, I've been on staff at Granville Res Life for 29 years this last uh, July. I, I came on full time. Um, and so when I see uh, the progress here, it's really near and dear to my heart because I've been here since Chuck and the Baxters used to come down to uh, Granville to see us. And uh, they were meeting in Riverside uh, at a Bible study on Thursday nights. And then they decided to buy this building and, and this property. And, and so I've been involved with this church since before it was a church, actually. And uh, so it's near and dear to my heart. It's one of, the, one of, my, uh, one of my second homes, you might want to call it. And I've only got a few of those. We've planted somewhere around 25 churches over the past 29 years. And we've, we've been blessed. God has allowed us to be part of planting many, many congregations around, all around the country and in foreign countries. And um, been, been able to be participant in a lot of different works in the kingdom of God all over the world. And um, it's just a privilege to stand here today, and as I watch that video, and as I watch the progress, uh, honestly, a lot of emotions welled up inside me because, you know, it's it's like seeing one uh, the the fruits of your labor from way back when, and it's still going on. Yeah. See, not everybody continues, but this body and you as a as a body, you've continued. Yeah. So well done, and thanks for not giving up, yeah. and thanks for not quitting. Because it hasn't always been pretty, it hasn't always been easy, but you know what? Good job for staying in the battle, yeah. amen? Yeah. We'll win if we just won't quit. That's the bottom line. If you just won't quit, you can actually win. Um, this, this whole presentation was really regarding, I, I wrote down two things while, the, participate, while the, the thing was going on. It's divine provision and our participation. There is divine provision, but every divine provision requires our participation. I, I, it's so funny because over the years, uh, I've been part of uh, raising money for our, our church, and we've built $62 million worth of buildings over the last 30 years. $62 million. Now, we have about... Just under eight million to go. Out of the, you know, we didn't borrow it all at once, and we borrowed it and paid it off, and then borrowed it and paid it off, and then borrowed it and paid it off, and we're on the final leg of paying off the final eight million dollars. And the, the plan, uh, we just we just received a, a pledge for a million dollars this past week, and I'll have it before the first of October, so that will be down to seven and a half million. See. So I, I, I don't do that to brag. I do that to build your faith. Yeah. I say, listen, God has enough money. Yes. This whole thing is not about money. It's about your heart. Think about it this way. Think about Jesus when he, when he was on the earth. He was walking on the earth, and he comes up upon a multitude of people. He starts healing people, and then it says a great multitude thronged him. I always kind of like these words, like throng. It means like he got crushed like a Who concert, okay? Or like a European soccer game. That's, think of the crowd at a European soccer game. That's what it was like when Jesus showed up at this particular place. So he's there, and all these people are pushing up against him, and it's like it says they would have crushed him. But then he came, and he saw Peter. And Peter had been fishing all night. Peter had done everything he knew to do. Now, Peter was a professional fisherman. Peter wasn't just some, some rookie. Peter owned multiple boats. Peter was a grown man. He knew how to fish. He was a professional fisherman, but yet he had fished all night, and at night is when you caught fish in the Sea of Galilee. That's what happens, okay? You don't catch fish in the brightness of the day. You catch them at night. So he'd been fishing when you're supposed to fish. He'd been fishing where you're supposed to fish. He'd been fishing like he knew to fish with good equipment and the right nets. He'd been doing all the right things, and he came up with a big goose egg. Nothing. He says, we fished all night and got nothing. He got skunked. 
Anybody ever go fishing and say, got to get the skunk out of the box, right? That's what we always, when we go on Lake Michigan, skunk's still in the box. They call, how you doing, skunk's in the box. And when you get your first fish, you go, hey, skunk's out of the box. So he got skunked. Peter got skunked. All night, skunked. And for him, that's his livelihood, right? When he got skunked, it wasn't like when I get skunked. I get skunked, I'm fine, I go home and have a steak, right? He gets skunked, he can't pay the bills because that's what his livelihood was. So long story there, Jesus comes up to him and says, hey, Peter, Peter, come here. Hey, these people are about to push me into the sea. Let me go out in your boat. And since I created the whole world and I created the, the, the aerodynamics and the sound, uh, the principles of sound and how sound waves travel, because, you know, he did create the world. He said, let's go out in the water because then it'll be my natural amplifier. So he goes out and borrows Peter's boat and he starts preaching from Peter's boat. So this is divine provision our participation. So he decided to ask Peter to borrow Peter's livelihood. He borrowed Peter's source of his livelihood. He says, hey, do you trust me, Peter? Take me out in your boat. So Peter takes him out in the boat. He preaches and the acoustics are phenomenal because anybody ever been out in the lake? You can be, the fishermen are out there whispering and you can hear everything they're saying because it just travels over the water, right? So it was great acoustics for Jesus. He preached. There was multitudes of people there. They all heard the truth. After Jesus is done preaching, he says, okay, Peter, throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Peter's like, really? I've been fishing all night. You're a preacher, I'm a fisherman, you preach, I'll fish. Done. Jesus said, <clears throat> put, your, put your nets on the other side of the boat. He said, I know I worked all night and I've just cleaned my nets. Do you know what a pain it is to clean your nets? Now I'm going to get them dirty again? Jesus said, drop your nets, plural, nets, on the other side of the boat. Peter said, Nevertheless, because you're telling me to, I'll drop a net. So even though Jesus said put the nets down on the other side of the boat, Peter decided to have obedience but not complete obedience, just partial obedience. He puts his net down and the place goes crazy he gets hundreds of giant fish. He starts pulling them in the boat, and the boat almost sinks because of all the fish that he just caught out of his one net. You know what he says? He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Because he said, you told me to put down nets, and I only put down a net, and you still blessed me, and you still did this. So what is this? This is divine provision, our participation. So he gets these fish, and Jesus said to Peter, because you've obeyed me, I'm going to make you a fisher of men, not of fish. I'm, you're going to, from now on, you're going to catch men. And from that day, Peter left his boats. He forsook all, and he followed Jesus from that day. So what, is this, what does that story demonstrate? You've tried it all on your own. You've got all your financial plans. You've got all your strategies. You've done everything you know to do. Jesus is saying, hey, well, try it my way. You know, because up is down, less is more in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, the way that you increase is by giving, not by hoarding. Proverbs 11 there is one that withholds and grows scarcer, scarcer still, but there is one that gives, but he grows more rich. Okay, this isn't about you getting rich. This is about you obeying God. It's divine provision, our participation. Yes. See, Jesus, here, this is something that you need to just ponder on, and I want you to think about this. Jesus didn't need Peter's boat. He didn't. 
Here's another one for you. Jesus doesn't need your money. He doesn't. He don't need your money. Just like he doesn't need, didn't need Peter's boat. Jesus made himself needy to give Peter an opportunity to participate in the miraculous. Jesus made himself. See, he could have walked on the water. He did that, didn't he, right? So he had the capability of walking on the water. Think of how much better his message would have been if he had just gone like this. Okay, I'm just going to walk on the water and preach to you people. I think they would have all listened, right? But instead, he made himself needy and afforded Peter an opportunity to participate in the miraculous. And in the middle of it all, because of his obedience, he rewarded him dramatically. He made himself needy to give Peter an opportunity to participate in the miraculous. It's divine provision, our participation. The little boy's lunch. Think about this. Jesus is teaching on a hillside. It's been days. The people are on the hillside. They're everywhere. There's thousands and thousands. It says there was 5,000 men with households. There's somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen to 20,000 people. That's a mess of people. And it's getting late. And they're hungry. And the disciples say, Jesus, send them away. You know, I love what Jesus said. He looks at them and he says, you feed them. And they're like, that's like, that's like Pastor Rick saying to you, hey, we got 600,000. Oh, why don't you pay that off? You look at them going, excuse me? See, Jesus said to his disciples, hey, you feed them. And they looked at him and they're like, uh-huh, right? But he says, you feed them. And, and, he, and if, if we had enough money, it would take 200 days wages. Today's numbers, that'd be $30,000. If we had enough for everybody to have a morsel, to have two chicken nuggets, it would cost us 30 grand to feed all these people. <clears throat> and we don't have 30 grand, and there's no McDonald's around. So you got one a mile away. They didn't have one right there, see? <clears throat> so he said, even if we could, it would co- even if we had 30 grand, it, it, would, ca- it would take us, it, just for everybody to have a couple, it would be just, it's pointless. What are you talking about, Jesus? Send them away. Jesus says, no, let's just see what's what we have. Oh, come on. Let's see what's what we have. So that's all we're saying about this is let's just see what we have and see what God might want to do with whatever it is that we have. This isn't about you need to give. This is about God giving us an opportunity to participate in the miraculous, just like Peter. That's all it is. If you don't want to participate, don't. There's no condemnation. There's no pressure. Nothing like that. There's no pressure. There's no condemnation. Any condemnations coming straight from the pit of hell and tell them to be quiet. Because there is none coming from Pastor Rick or anybody else, or certainly not from me. There's no condemnation. If you say, I don't have the money, okay, that's fine. Or you can say, I got 10 bucks. Good, let's, let's, let's do that. Let's, let's do with what you have. Right. See, you're not accountable for what you don't have. Right. You're, on account, you're only accountable for what you do have. So Jesus said, what do you have? So they scour the area, and they have this little boy who has five loaves and two fishes. <clears throat> and if you look at the history there, it's literally five Triscuit crackers and a few sardines. It was a little boy's lunch for Pete's sake. These were not like dolphins or whales, okay? The little boy was carrying it around as a lunch. Come on, you know, let's be realistic. It was a little snack. It was like a Lunchable. Come on. I got one Lunchable, a tuna fish sandwich. That's all I got, Jesus, sorry. He goes, we can work with that. 
Have them sit down in 50s. And I could just, can you just imagine? Go there with me in your mind. The imagination is a beautiful thing. And just use your imagination. Think about this. There's no video screens. Nobody to do your thinking for you right now. Close your eyes and think. If I was a disciple and there's 20,000 people and Jesus, the guy who we're following, remember, we've left everything to follow this dude, right? I mean, we left our families, we left our business, we left everything to follow this guy. And this kook is telling us, sorry, Jesus, I don't mean to call you a kook, but this guy is telling us that he's going to feed these 20,000 people with five little crackers and a couple sardines. And then Jesus takes him a step further and he says, hey, have the people sit down in groups of 50. They're like, Excuse me? Pardon me? Groups of 50? I got five loaves and two fishes. What are you talking about? Groups of 50. What are we going to feed them? Jesus said, groups of 50. And they had seen enough. They said, yes, sir. And he took those and he says, now. He said, Father... And he broke it, and he blessed it. Here's the principle. Nothing multiplies unless it's blessed. Nothing multiplies until it's given. That's the word today. Divine provision, our participation. Nothing multiplies unless it's blessed. Nothing multiplies unless it's given or sowed. This isn't about money. Keep your money if you want to. I would say that's not the wise thing to do. But you can. It's a free country. You can do whatever you want. But I'm saying I want to get in on this deal. Here's here's an example for you. I'm in charge of missions at our church, and we're, we're involved in 60 different works around the world. I just... We just formed a really great partnership with a couple that lives in Kurdistan, northern Iraq. They smuggle Bibles into Iran. They smuggle scriptures into all different parts of Iran. And even in parts of Iraq, it's very dangerous. They've had, they've had ISIS coming down their street where they had to tell their kids, if they come in with machine guns, just come near me and we'll all be with Jesus in a minute. It's really serious stuff. The guy's a former Marine. He served in Iraq, went back, learned Farsi, learned Arabic, went to Bible school, and now he's a missionary back where he served as a Marine. See, he's an amazing guy. His name is Grady, and that's a perfect Marine name. He is one bad dude. But he's no longer carrying an M16 and throwing hand grenades. Now he's preaching the gospel. And him and his wife and five kids are in Kurdistan. And I met him for the first time about two months ago. And I was so filled with like, I want to help you. Let's go. And so I committed 3000 bucks I didn't have. I said, I'll give you three grand. And then I get home, my wife goes, where are you going to get that? Uh, I don't know. God, I think you told me to do this, but... Uh, I don't have it. You know, I could sell something, but, you know, I mean, I could sell a car or whatever, you know. We got more than one car, but I could have sold the car and got it. But I said, God, I believe you told me to do this. I believe you'll supply this need because I really, they needed, they needed 75 copies of the, of the treasure, which is a, uh, a, a recorded audio Bible in the Farsi and Arabic language that they could smuggle across into um, Iran, which is totally legal to have the totally illegal to have the Bible, and they will kill you if you have a Bible there. Okay, so he has people that go across the mountains on foot and hike through the snow and bring Bibles to people because they want the Bible and they can't read, so they give them the audio Bible. So I bought seventy-five of those things, cost three grand. And I committed to it. And I said, can you give me until Tuesday to pay for them? I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for some Bibles today. Like Wimpy and hamburgers, right? Anybody who remembers Popeye. <clears throat> so I mentioned this story without any numbers, 
without the fact that I put myself on the line for it, and I mentioned it to a friend of mine, not for any purpose other than I was so excited to be able to participate with this guy and be able to send the gospel into places where they can't have it. Now that is what, that, that stokes my fire and I'm fired up about this, right? So I tell him, he stops me and he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. How, about, how much does all that cost? I go, three grand. He goes, I'm taking that. Wrote me a check, gave me three grand right there. I said, hold it. Now you're stealing what I want to be part of. He goes, well, buy some more then. I got these three grand. I'm like, you stole my, he says, no, he says, I just paid it forward. But my point is, when the Holy Spirit says, do something, you got to do it. I've been doing this 29 years. I've seen God, see, I've seen too much to doubt. I've seen too much for you to tell me it won't work. Because I've seen it happen so many times that it's just like, yeah, that's just the way God works. It's divine provision but it always hinges upon our participation. See, if I wouldn't have said, hey, give me those, give me, I'll give you three grand. You know what? They would have went back to Kurdistan without those audio Bibles because that guy who, who paid for them, he wasn't there. I was. See, the folks with all the money or with all the resources that you think should pay for this thing back to the benefactor, they aren't here. You are. It's just that simple. So it's what do we have available today? What is it? It's, and if you think I'm, I'm giving you pressure, it's, it's a lie because I'm not. It's like this. Hey, uh, God's going to provide this. I look at this whole procedure or this whole process, and I look at this the way that Mordecai went to Esther. And he said, hey, God's going to deliver Israel The question is, are you going to allow God to use you to deliver Israel? Or is God going to have to get somebody else to deliver Israel? It's that simple. But it may be for such a time as this, you've been brought into the kingdom. That's Esther uh, chapter 5 verse 14. It It may be just for such a time as this that you've been brought into the kingdom. So... Whatever it is, if it's 10 bucks, if it's 100,000, if it's the whole 600, whatever. God has brought you here for such a time as this. And I believe that this isn't about the money. This is about hearts. This is about getting a proper perspective on cash and on money and on what does God want from us. This is not something that this church needs from you. I believe this is about what God wants to get to you. I do believe it's about what God wants to get to you. See, there's a spirit working that affects your financial decisions, whether you know it or not. There's a spirit working. Now, that spirit can be the Holy Spirit, or that spirit can be fear, or that spirit can be mammon, or that spirit that, that, that can be whatever you were raised with in your household. It can be critical, it can be of all kinds of different spirits. But I would say, I would submit to you, there is a spirit working. I would say this, make sure it's the Holy Spirit working. And not fear, and not mammon. Because mammon says, oh, he wants my money. That's mammon. When in actuality, mammon is a foul spirit from hell sent to control your life with debt and with, with greed and by being stingy. That's the spirit of mammon. And that's the spirit of this world. We don't want no part of that. So there is a spirit controlling your finances. The question is, which spirit is it? And what are we going to submit to? Joy and contentment comes when we obey God. You break the power of mammon by giving. You break it. And you say, if you are feeling like, hey, this is... This is what God wants us to do, and nobody's pressuring you, and there's nothing, nobody's expecting anything from you today. But I would submit this to you. Go home, listen to God, consider what's been said, and say, God, what would you have me do? Maybe you're the little boy with five loaves and two fishes. Say, Lord, do you want me to give my five loaves and two fishes? And if he says yes, I'd, if I'm you, I'd give your five loaves and two fishes and let God take care of you. 
You say, well, I, I, I've got a lot of money and I don't know how much to give. Ask God for a number. Only he can tell you. Nobody else can tell you. Only he can tell you. And whatever he tells you, do that. It's about obedience. If God says, I'm not called to participate in this. If you, if you can stand before God and, and just say, hey, God has told me to, to not participate. Then I respect your ability to hear God. Totally. There's no pressure here. This is not about what somebody needs from you. I truly believe this is an opportunity similar to the people in Kurdistan where you have an opportunity to be partnered with God. And it's about divine provision and what's our, particip what's our participation look like. What does it look like? I don't have a dog in this fight. I mean, I do because I love this church and I've, I've sown a lot of my life over the years into this body as in a, a number of other bodies. But what I do have here is I have a care for the kingdom of God and the representation of the kingdom of God in St. Louis, Michigan. The middle of the mitten needs a growing, vibrant, gospel-preaching church. And that's what this is. And I'm thankful for this church, and I'm thankful for you as the people staying faithful to God's call on your life and God's call for, for this church. Not just for your life, but the God's call for this church. And this church is meant to be a beacon of hope and a beacon of light. And part of that, the, the benefactor did a tremendous service to the kingdom by making those funds available. Now we as the congregation need to, need to do a righteous act and that is pay him back in full in a timely manner. Amen. To not do that would be unrighteous. To pay him back is righteous. Now he can do whatever he wants. You know, realize by allowing him, by allowing this church to not have to have a mortgage at the bank. I know they said about 170,000. When I do the calculation, it's more like 200. That he's given a gift of $200,000 just so far of what he could have made just at a nominal amount if he'd have just invested it somewhere else. But you know what I see? I'm excited for him because what he did by doing this is a huge seed and God is going to bless him yeah. enormously. See, he understands that and that's one of his motivations. It's obedience, but also, it's also knowing that God rewards the giver. He gives seed to the sower and bread for food that you'll have more than enough for every good work that comes your way. See, and so that's a, that's a beautiful, blessed thing. So I, I just submit to you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it in for a landing, but I submit to you that it's not about the money. It's about all of us hearing God and just being obedient to whatever it he has to say and then, then trusting God. I truly believe that there's going to be money from unknown, unexpected sources showing up, but it won't show up before you make your commitment. That'd be too easy. Every time I've ever had this happen, it's always after I do my part, then God does his part. See, God's done his part. He sent his son. He's made provision. I mean, he gives, he gives us a health, healthy, I mean, we can breathe. We can, I mean, all these things. He's already done his part by sending Jesus. And then we do our part and then God does his part. And then he says, okay, now it's your turn. It's your move. And I'd say as we make our move, our move is not <clears throat> becoming destitute so that this church can pay this money back. That's not your move, okay? Unless God says give everything away, then you just be obedient to him. But nobody's asking you to do that. That's between you and God. And I've seen people do that before, but never without having many times more shortly thereafter because only when it was God. But I've seen people do exorbitant giving because they were trying to force God's hand and got themselves into a sticky wicket too, okay? I've seen that too. So I will say this, don't presume upon God. If you, if you are in a position where you have eight bucks in the bank, don't pledge a million dollars, okay? Incremental increase, okay? If you have eight bucks in the bank, for you to give eight bucks would be a big deal. It's everything you have. Jesus said the women who gave a half a penny gave more than all the rest of the people there. Why? Because she gave everything she had. Right. So don't presume upon amounts. Don't do it.
because it's foolishness to presume upon amounts. Rather, say, Lord, what is it? What, is, what, what am I supposed to do? How, where am I supposed to go in this? Where do I fit? And if yours is the five loaves and two fishes, don't be ashamed. Be happy and say, this is my five loaves and two fishes. And it's literally all I got. So, okay, Jesus, and you're going to see God do amazing things. And you say, well, some of you might stretch. And you might say, well, I've only got a little bit, but God's really told me to do this over time. And I don't know how it's going to work. It, it, it works. Let me just say it, put it that way. I've seen, I've been through lots of these. In, in our home church and I've seen people have testimonies of this came and that came and that happened and that happened and that happened and I won't get into all the details but I mean God is faithful yes. and here's the deal if he told you to do something he will be faithful and follow it up right. your job is not to set the amount your job is not anything except for hear from God and be obedient that's right. it let's pray Father, we love you. We thank you for your amazing supply. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and your grace. Today, Lord, we're so thankful for your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. We thank you, Father, that <clears throat> I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Lord, you'll never leave us or forsake us. Lord, you supply every one of our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Father, we're thankful for supply. And Lord, we believe that you have already made provision for every need in this house. Not only this house, but the families represented in this house. Every need. Father, for those here that may look at this whole situation and, and, and say, how in the world can I give anything when I'm struggling so much personally? I have nothing. Lord, I thank you that you show them what to do. Lord, that everything's not money. It might be given a, someone a seed of time or someone a seed of, of blessing or something else. Father, we thank you that when everyone does what you tell them to do, miraculous things take place. So we thank you for miracles in households, miracles for families, Father, and miracles in this house, your house. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.